0: Alrighty, let's turn to 1 Chronicles 19 and verse 1. 1 Chronicles 19 and verse 1. You may have heard, don't believe everything you read. Probably good advice. What about this one? Don't believe everything you hear. It's also good advice. Uh, Sometimes, things that people say are so, are just, in fact, not so. Uh, We need discernment as Christians to be able to distinguish between what is true and what is false. Uh, Discernment is something that the Bible teaches. It is also something uh, that we have because of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Every Christian has a measure of discernment uh, that comes from the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Uh, sometimes you may have a sense, well, I don't think that's exactly right. Uh, something about that seems wrong. Well, that may be the Holy Spirit within you uh, that is is prompting you to question whether or not something is so. And, of course, then you go to the Word of God and you verify that and look look and, and see, see about it. But... Um, Uh, We also need discernment because there are false teachers who are trying to lead us astray. Uh, We need discernment because the Bible says the devil is a liar and the father of it. Uh, He's constantly trying to sell us a bill of goods. Probably all of us at one point or another have believed lies and lived our lives consistent with those lies. But praise God, we can have discernment through God's power and through His Word. Uh, The scripture we're going to look at tonight um, is kind of an unusual scripture, a very colorful scripture. Uh, And um, as we look at it, we find that David is interacting with the new Ammonite king that's in town. And uh, he had a good relationship with his father. His father's name was Nahash. Uh, And uh, the current king's name is Hanan. And uh, David had a good relationship with Ahash, but he sends messengers to Hanan to comfort him because his father has just died. But instead of receiving these messengers and welcoming them and uh, treating the kind gesture as the kind gesture it was, uh, Hanan listens to some bad advice. Uh, And they tell him, hey, David doesn't care about your father. He's not trying to glorify or honor your father. He just wants to find out the weaknesses in your land. He wants to overthrow your land. He wants to spy on your land. And if you're smart, you will deal with these messengers in the appropriate way. And so Hanan, when the messengers come, uh, doesn't just send them away. Doesn't just uh, refuse to see them. He actually disgraces them it was a great disgrace in those days to have your beard cut off if you were a man it was also a disgrace to be exposed and this is exactly what they're doing and uh, and so Hanan cuts their garments off at the waist exposing them and shaves their beard and sends them out of the country and they are disgraced, and and so David tells them, "Hey, you you guys, you just stay in Jericho, and you let your beards regrow, and then you come back when 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 uh, all of that is taken care of." But in the meantime, uh, Hanan's men find out what David has said, and that they realize, "Hey, we're in serious trouble uh, if we don't get some help." And so they go to to uh, Aram, and they hire some mercenary help. Uh, and they, they wage war against David, and David defeats them. But we're going to look at just this first few verses here of First Chronicles 19, because here we find out some lessons about discernment uh, that we can employ in our own lives. So look with me at verse 1 here of First Chronicles 19, and uh, the title of my message is The Importance of Discernment. Uh, sometime later, King Nahash of the Ammonites died and his son became king in his place. Then David said, I'll show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent messengers to console him concerning his father. However, when David's emissaries arrived in the land of the Ammonites to console him, the Ammonite leaders said to Hanan, Just because David has sent men with condolences for you, Do you really believe he's showing respect for your father? Instead, haven't his emissaries come in order to scout out, overthrow, and spy on the land? So Hanan took David's emissaries, shaved them, uh, cut their clothes in half at the hips, and sent them away. It was reported to David about his men, so he sent messengers to meet them, since the men were deeply humiliated. The king said, Stay in Jericho until your beards grow back, and then return." So the importance of discernment. Why is discernment important? Well, we see that character can be hidden. Character can be hidden. If you look at verse 2, he says, I'll show, David's talking, he says, I'll show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. Now, what is really ironic in this scripture are the names that are used here. Uh, Generally, in scripture... Names were meant to represent character. And so oftentimes, parents would name their children with with a character they wanted to see in their child. And many times, you see in Scripture that that person actually grows and becomes the person that that name well represents. But this time, it is not the case. Nahash, literally the word Nahash means snake. Okay. Can you imagine having your parents name you Snake? Uh, this is what his parents named you. You know, maybe it meant something different in Ammonite, uh, in Ammonite but uh, here in the Hebrew Bible, that's what it means. It means snake. Uh, and then you have Hanan, and Hanan means gracious. Now, both of these names completely misrepresent the character of the people who hold them. On the one hand, Nahash uh, is a person of faithfulness. A person who is trustworthy, who David has a good relationship with. This word kindness used in verse 2 is the word hesed. He said, David says, he's shown hesed to me, so I'm going to show hesed to him. This covenant faithfulness, it is a description of God's covenant faithfulness. And so Nahash is a good man with a bad name. <laughs> His son, on the other hand is someone with a good name, with a bad character. His name, Hanan, means gracious, and he is anything but. He's not gracious. He is, in fact, cruel and wicked. And not only does he turn away these spies, but he humiliates them in, in the greatest way he can think of to humiliate them and sends them away in shame. He utterly disgraces them, and it's cruel What he does. And so his character was not what it seemed to be. Now, probably David didn't know Hayden that well. Uh, Probably, maybe he hadn't even had interaction with him. But based on the character of his father, he says, You know what? I'm going to do a nice thing. I like this Nahash character. Uh, His son has taken power. I'm going to do something gracious, I'm going to comfort him. And so, he sends his messenger, but that character was not the same with Hanan that it was with Nahash. Character can be hidden, in a good way or a bad way. Uh, Now, we know that in some ways, the Bible says that all of our hearts are wicked, right? Because the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, We all have... Sinfulness within us. Uh, uh, Scripture talks about foolishness being bound up in the heart of a child. Right, the rod of correction drives it away. So there's some things like that in Scripture that tell us there's some issues with our hearts. But the Bible does talk about character that there can be good character as well. So um, character can be hidden. This is one reason we need to have discernment. Now, in many cases, in in uh, David's dealings with other countries, he goes to God and asks God about it. Guess what? That's always a good thing to do. Uh, if you've got a foreign policy, uh, I hope, uh, I'm not sure that many of them do, but I would hope that our government leaders would seek the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, give me wisdom as I interact with these foreign dignitaries or with these foreign leaders. Help me, Lord, to be wise. Uh, Definitely, this is something we can do as we interact with people. If someone comes to us and maybe there's an unexpected problem, we can pray for wisdom. I do that often. As somebody comes to me with a problem, I'll say, Lord, I just just pray a silent prayer immediately. Lord, please give me wisdom and uh, insight so I can can, uh, handle this in the best possible way. Uh, Sometimes that insight and wisdom is given through other people. God gives me some people that have have some good advice. So um, character can be hidden. Uh, How do you find out somebody's character? Well, in some cases, it's very hard. You remember Judas, one of the 12 disciples? Uh, Jesus said, uh, you're the ones I've called, but one of you is a devil. Now, Jesus knew Jesus knew what was going to happen uh, at the Last Supper. Jesus is, is breaking the bread, as we talked about this morning, and uh, he says, one of you will betray me. Um, so Jesus was not surprised by Judas. He saw the heart of Judas, but the other 11 disciples did not. Uh, they were completely blindsided by what Judas did. A matter of fact, when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, they said, Lord, it's not me. Uh, They recognized their own faults and their own issues and they thought, well, could I be the one who would betray Jesus? Nobody said, that's that Judas, I knew it, right? They didn't see it. So uh, you see a little bit of a difference when you get to the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit has come and you see uh, Peter telling Ananias and Sapphira, you know, hey, uh, uh, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit, you've not lied to men, you've lied to God. So, uh, Peter is given a supernatural insight into what's going on. A supernatural discernment that he couldn't have known any other way than God revealing the truth about the situation. So, there is this, this supernatural ability with the Holy Spirit. But then you still, you still see in the letters of the New Testament... Letters written to the churches that talk about false teachers, and Paul and John are spelling it out. This is what to look for, okay? Because the people that weren't weren't having discernment with some of the false teachers. If he's greedy for money, that's a dead giveaway. If he is sexually immoral, that's a dead giveaway. If he denies that Jesus is God. That's a dead giveaway, okay? So they go and they write and they talk to them specifically about what they need to look for so that they can have discernment uh, so that those who present themselves uh, as sheep but are really wolves in sheep clothing can be identified. So um, discernment is something we need. Uh, Proverbs says we should cry out for discernment. We should seek for it with all our hearts. Uh, And this is something we can do. We can call out to God and we say, Lord, give me discernment in my relationships with people in your church or in my relationships with people at work or in my family. If you're you're a parent, please pray for discernment because how much you need discernment in the world in which we live as there is an assault on our children in in this world that we live in today. Uh, parents so desperately need discernment, who their children spend time with, a great deal of time with, who they're, you know, who they're listening to, how much input the world has into their lives, and uh, what are they hearing at school? That's something we, we need to talk to our kids about. Uh, these are issues of discernment. And so um, character can be hidden. Oftentimes, people try to disguise who they are and will ultimately be someone who is dangerous to us. So, um, the importance of discernment, why is it important? We see that character can be hidden. Secondly, we, can, we see that wickedness can be unexpected. That same verse, uh, David said, I'll show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. He's just trying to do a nice thing, right? He's trying to uh, build a bridge perhaps have another good relationship with another Ammonite king, um, and he's not expecting to have a wicked response. Sometimes wickedness can be unexpected. Have you ever been surprised by wickedness in your own life? Have you ever been surprised by the wickedness of someone else? Uh, Perhaps someone you respected, and then later on you find out that there is a wickedness going on. Uh, so this this is something. Wickedness can be unexpected. Uh, you're talking about David. Yeah, King David was um, a man after God's own heart. You talk about an unexpected wickedness. And yet he commits a sin with Bathsheba. Uh, he uh, indirectly murders her husband to cover up his own sin. Um, and so... Um, All of us are sinners, and we need to have a a recognition of that. Sometimes I hear people say, well, I would never do fill in the blank. That's a a dangerous thing to say. Um, We need to have a humility and a reliance upon the Lord in our own life uh, so that God can give us supernatural power to resist and overcome uh, in our spiritual life. But we also need to be aware that because all of us are sinners, sometimes wickedness can be unexpected. But discernment can help, uh, in, in some cases, to anticipate and to avoid the wickedness and the harm that comes from the wicked person. Um, one thing churches are encouraged to do is do background checks. And we do that here in our church, from background checks on everyone who works with our children. We do that. It's just a matter of course. Um, we can, we can uh, be observant about people's behavior, right? Uh, if you've got somebody uh, who, who does not show wisdom and tact in dealing with others, you probably don't want to put them in church leadership, right? Uh, you may be setting yourself up to have unexpected wickedness and trouble and, and disharmony in the church. Uh, One of the reasons that God set up uh, uh, conditions or or character qualities that need to be present in deacons and pastors is because God knew of the danger of this unexpected wickedness. Now, that doesn't mean it would stop all unexpected wickedness, but it can limit uh, the effectiveness of the wicked person to uh, get into a position of influence, so... Uh, we need to be aware that wickedness can be unexpected. Uh, one of the things that is really rampant in our society today um, is children being abused in the homes of other people. Uh, I don't know if you've heard much about this, but I occasionally will listen to uh, Christian psychologists. I'm kind of you know, curious about what's going on in the culture and uh i've heard this and i I heard this one psychologist on the radio he said he said i don't send my children to other people's houses to spend the night now that you know i can remember when i grew up that was a normal thing i went to friends houses i spent the night they came to our house and spent the night but uh many parents i'm not saying you ought to do that i'm just saying this is what there's an issue there it's becoming more prevalent and people, some people are saying, look, I'm just not going to take the risk with my kids. I read an uh, uh, autobiography of a man who was saved out of the homosexual lifestyle. And he said he believed it began through the sexual abuse that he experienced in the home of a friend. So these are, these are issues that require discernment, right? I didn't let my kids go home with just anybody. Uh, I wanted to know who they were. Matter of fact, I didn't let my daughter go out with anybody. I can remember we had a conversation uh, when she was in high school, and I said, well, uh, is he a Christian? Uh, Yes, I believe he is. Where does he go to church? I don't know. I said, well, uh, can you find that out for me? And I want to know that. And she said, well, I couldn't ask him about that. I said, well, that's okay. I said, just tell him to come to the house, and I'll ask him. She said, oh, no, 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 no. I will ask him. I'll ask him. you know." And so that's an issue of discernment, right? I'm just not going to send my daughter out with just anybody, right? I want to know that that person is a Christian. I want to know that that person is an active Christian and a serving Christian. Now, you can't know everything, but you can take some steps maybe to hinder some of the wickedness that might happen that would be unexpected. So, um, So... The importance of discernment. Why is it important? Well, we see that character can be hidden, that wickedness can be unexpected, that lies can lead us astray. If you look at verse 3, the Ammonite leaders or officials are giving Hanan counsel. And they say, Just because David has sent men with condolences for you, do you really believe he's showing respect for your father? In other words, they say he's not really honoring your father. He's got an ulterior motive. And by the way, this was a lie. Was it an intentional lie? I don't know. Well, you know, they they may have been trying to misrepresent David for political reasons. uh, Or they may have thought that this was genuinely the truth. But either way, it was a lie. Lies can lead us astray, right? Um, listen, I want to tell you something. Uh, just because somebody has a PhD doesn't mean they're always right. Just because somebody has a job or is an anchor on a news broadcast doesn't mean they're automatically right. By the way, did you have you ever noticed that newscasters disagree with each other? That PhDs disagree with each other? Uh, it's worth worth noticing. Guess what? Both sides can't be right. So, somebody's wrong. What, how, how do we have discernment and recognize lies? Well, one of the best ways to recognize lies is to acquaint yourself with the truth. Now, I realize that uh, you don't have the specific truth. And, and in this case that we just talked about with Hanan, uh, he would have found some, something in Scripture saying, david is actually doing the right thing okay he wouldn't have found that in scripture but he could have found some wisdom in scripture that would have helped him make a good decision uh such as uh you know you hear one side but then there's another side to the story you know there's always two sides to a story uh and sometimes when you hear that other side it helps you have uh better wisdom and how to make a decision Um, Getting more input. In the multitude of counselors, their safety. That's another uh, one of the the issues addressed in the Proverbs. Uh, You don't just get counsel one place. You go to several different sources for counsel. Of course, the greatest counsel we can get is from God himself. Uh, We get God's counsel in prayer and the Spirit of God. We let the peace of God rule in our hearts as we talked about in Colossians last week. Um, and, and that is a guide for us. It can help us know when lies could lead us astray. Uh, oftentimes, conventional wisdom is wrong. Right? Um, what would be conventional wisdom for Elijah? God tells him to go by the brook Cherith and to drink from the brook, and that God would send the ravens to provide food. Now, he's a man of faith. He trusts uh, that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, and he goes by the brook Kareth, which is a wise decision because he's trusting in God. But conventional wisdom, what? You go by a brook and ravens are going to bring you something to eat? I mean, that's, that's crazy. Who's ever heard of that? How many people in this room have ever had ravens bring them food? I mean, that's just nuts. Conventional wisdom would tell you that's crazy. I can remember conventional wisdom being shared with me about where to go to school uh, for my master's degree specifically. And I was praying, and I felt like God was saying, no, do not go there where the conventional wisdom says you should go. You go here. And I'm glad I did. Praise God. Uh, And, you know, I I can remember also conventional wisdom in... uh, pastor circles when I was a young pastor, I've I've seen some of that pan out and 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 to be shown to be utterly false. And some of the people who are considered the experts have shown themselves to have gone off the deep end. I mean, listen, all around us there are people giving us input. We definitely need to look to the Word of God and listen to the Word of God more than we listen to people even if they're Christians. discernment says that I can ask questions. Lord, is this from you? Is this true? And I can look in the Word of God, and I can pray, and I can find godly counsel uh, from people I trust. Who I see a godly life, and I know, know the Scripture, and I can find input. I take that to God in prayer. But uh, all of these are things that can help us. But lies can lead us astray, so we need to have discernment for that reason. All right, so the importance of discernment. Why is it important? We see character can be hidden. Wickedness can be unexpected. Lies can lead us astray. Accusers can be wrong. Look at the second part of verse 3. Instead, they're still giving their advice. Instead, having his emissaries come in order to scout out, overthrow, and spy on the land. So this is a specific accusation against David. He, he's spying on you. He wants to overthrow you. Was that David's motive? No. David just wanted to comfort the son of a friend, but this was the accusation. Many times in our culture, an accusation is thrown out there, and it's automatically assumed to be true. That's not discerning. Uh, When an accusation is given, uh, we need to be discerning about it, and let me tell you something. You need to be on your guard against people who are constantly coming to you with accusations about someone else. What does the Bible say one of the names of the devil or the descriptions of the devil is it it is he is called the accuser of the brethren, right? Satan regular that's his that's his regular operation. He accuses the saints before the throne of God. But praise God, we've got an advocate in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ, and he pleads his blood on our behalf, and he says, hey, that Roger, I know, he's, I know he's sinned against me, but I want to tell you something, I've forgiven his sin, I died for his sin, I justified him and clothed him with my righteousness, and he is fit to come into your presence in prayer because of the work that I have done. So, um, oftentimes, know this too, when somebody accuses you of something. Sometimes that may just be an accusation of an individual. But other times there may be a spiritual power behind that. That's important to understand. Even in, even in the mouth of a Christian. Some well-meaning, good people. I believe all of us probably at one time or another have been an instrument of the enemy. And in an unguarded moment, we allow ourselves to get in the flesh and the devil puts a thought in our mind and it comes out our lips and we accuse someone else and it is intended by the enemy to discourage and demoralize and hinder the work that person is doing. So we need to be aware of that in our own lives, that, that sometimes accusations that come from others actually come from the evil one. And, and sometimes understanding that helps us understand, hey, I know what this sounds like. This is coming from the enemy. Uh, it's no use. Why do you even try? Or, or you can't accomplish this. Or All kinds of things uh, that people will sometimes say in accusation. Hey, listen, you can't do it. These kinds of things come from the evil one and they're intended to discourage. So, but as we're evaluating the accusations of others, sometimes a person can have a genuine concern about a genuine issue. And in those cases, we need to pray, Lord, how do we deal with this issue that is before us, this problem that is before us? It needs to be dealt according to Scripture. Uh, but uh, there are genuine issues that need to be addressed. Uh, but if a person... Regularly is accusing somebody else. I heard uh, a, a leadership guru one time say, say this. He said, The person who's always saying everybody else is the problem, that person is the problem. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thought about that, and you know, I thought, many times that's the case. The person who is always accusing somebody else, they're always full of venom and they're always finding fault with other people. Uh, not only are they acting like the devil, but you can identify that uh, that uh, they are, uh, instead of being someone who's genuine, that they are on a campaign to destroy somebody's character. There could be different motivations for that. Sometimes it may be a competition thing that somebody has, uh, but I believe ultimately, especially in a church context, uh, it comes ultimately from the evil one who wants the Church to have a distrust uh, of of other people within the church, right if the devil can cause us not to trust each other uh to be suspicious of one another all the time, there's not going to be good fellowship right because i don't trust you and you don't trust me and uh and so I can't open up to you, I can't talk about my struggles i can't request prayer because i don't trust you right and so um That that is an issue, and so uh, beware of those people that come with a a host of accusations all the time, uh, and a critical spirit does not come from God. Understand that. Uh, That's something that we need to examine ourselves maybe from time to time. If, If we're always being the critical people of what God is doing, there's something wrong with that picture. So uh accusers can be wrong so how do you evaluate whether or not something is wrong well the bible uses several things of course sometimes it's just clear cut and uh it's straight from the word of god right somebody says well i believe god told me to divorce my wife and marry this uh other person that i want to marry i can know that's not from god right because the Bible says, "Thou shalt not commit adultery." right You say, "Well, I believe God told me to do it. Who are you to say that God didn't tell me to do it? I didn't say it. God said it. Okay? So right there in God's word, there is the discernment to, to see that, uh, that that is wrong. Uh, but, but uh, in, in terms of accusations, are there eyewitnesses? Did you know in, in uh, Israel, you could not be condemned for a crime without two? To three eyewitnesses of what you had done. What did Paul say? He had accusers. Second uh, Corinthians, he says. He says, "Am I going to have to get uh, two or three witnesses to establish everything you say?" Right. In other words, he's saying you're 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 launching all these accusations. Where's your evidence? That's what he's telling. Where are your eyewitnesses? Am I going to have to to uh, call upon you to produce the eyewitnesses for the accusations that you're making. Um, so, um, accusers can be wrong. That's something to, to know and, uh, and to have discernment about. Alright, so why is discernment important? We see that character can be hidden, wickedness can be unexpected, lies can lead us astray, accusers can be wrong, and power Can be abused. Look at verse 4. So Hanan took David's emissaries. Shaved them and cut their clothes in in half at the hips. And sent them away. Uh, In this case. This is a cruel thing to do. It's a wicked thing to do. Uh, He's shaming them. And he's abusing his power. He's doing something unjust. Um, I wish that this kind of thing was the worst that happened. Uh, from leaders in our world, but we see all kinds. I've been reading a book about some of the things that happened in Afghanistan, and it's just horrific, some of the wickedness that has gone on and the power that has been abused in that country. Um, And so uh, we need to recognize and have discernment about this. Power can be abused. If you're going to choose a leader for the church, you need to make sure that's a godly person as best as you can. I realize You 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 may check all the boxes, you may, you may pray, and there may still be somebody who's ungodly in a position. But we need to do everything we can as God's people to make sure we put godly people in positions of leadership. It's so important because that person, when they get in power, you say, Well, what power do they have? We're we're run by a congregational vote. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. A person in leadership can cause all kinds of havoc in a church. I have witnessed it. Um, This is also true. Uh, We live in a country where we have the freedom and the privilege to vote for our leaders. That's an incredible privilege. Uh, We need to have discernment as we vote. Uh, we need to ask, is this a wicked person? Listen, character matters. Look at this. Hainan is a good example. Uh, or look at Afghanistan. You've got some people in leadership there that are as wicked as they could possibly be. And their people are suffering unbelievable atrocities because of their wickedness. Character does matter, despite what people may say in the culture. You say, well, both of them are wicked. If you're talking about a presidential race, well, who's the most wicked okay now I, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, okay Relax if that's what you think where you think I'm going, but I do think that as God's people, we need to know what are especially in those major positions of power. What do these people believe about the the important things that God says matter in his word uh, and we need to. Uh, once we know, we need to uh, bring these things to God in prayer. Say, Lord, uh, who is the best person to vote for? Who is most in line with your word? Uh, and then we need to vote as God leads us to vote. That is part of being discerning. So, uh, obviously, we can't know everything about every individual. We can't. You and I can't uh, walk around with uh, somebody in Washington Uh, 24-7, and we can't know everything about their life. But we can look at some of the things that they have said, some of the things they've done, uh, and we can uh, think about those things, and we can pray about those things, and we can try to do the best we can. I think it's imperative that we do. I I think um, that uh, there are those in our country who want to silence Christians, who want to do away uh, with the freedoms that we have as God's people, and if we don't, uh, dis, if we're not discerning in the decisions that we make as God's people, and if we're not involved, that's another issue. If we're not involved in the process, we may wake up one day and find ourselves without a church, and without a place to meet, and without a pastor. Hopefully, I, you know, hopefully uh, I'm still around. If, but uh, but there are those. Uh, there have been a few cases of, of pastors being put in jail in this country. Usually not for long because of our freedoms in the, in the Constitution and so forth. But, uh, but it does happen. So power can be abused. That's why discernment is important. Um, all right. So the importance of discernment, why is it important? We see that character can be hidden. Wickedness can be unexpected. Lies can lead us astray. Accusers can be wrong. And power can be abused. Now, think about for, Hanan for a second. Hanan did not have good discernment in terms of listening to the right counselors, right? Um, He didn't didn't do well, and, and his decisions led him down a path. Now, if you read the rest of chapter 19, which we're not going to do tonight, you will find that Hanan and his mercenaries are defeated in battle. And if you read on to chapter 20, you find out that even the capital city of Ammon is taken by Joab, A short time later, they are utterly defeated. Hanan's decisions have led them down a dark path to defeat. Uh, By the same token, those who are discerning, who listen to the word of God, who respond to the spirit of God, such as David, generally speaking in his life, saw great success. God blessed them in what they were doing. Uh, the same thing is true in the early church. As they listened to the Lord, as they followed His leadership, there was a blessing there. Um, and uh, What does the Bible say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Uh, this is one of the keys of discernment. So, and discernment can affect our personal lives, it can affect our families, it can affect our church, it can affect our country. So, discernment is so important. Can I encourage you, uh, cry out to God for discernment in your life. Ask God. You know, one thing I've, I've, I've started asking God for, Lord, help me to know when the enemy is attacking me, when he's tempting me, uh, when my flesh is starting to take over, right? Uh, help me recognize it so I can nip it in the bud, right? Help me to know when it's happening. I remember one time the enemy was attacking me. I went on for two weeks not realizing I was, I was having trouble with depression. And I don't usually have trouble with depression. But I was having trouble with depression and I realized it just occurred to me. I was, I was driving in my car on the way here and uh, these, these thoughts of, you know, it's just no use. It's, and then I realized, hey, where's this coming from? I'm not usually this way, this is the enemy. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave this car right now and go where Jesus tells you to go. The the depression left. Now, I don't believe that all depression is spiritual, but in that case, it was. Uh, So, uh, I prayed, God, give me the discernment to know when the enemy is attacking me. But you can pray for discernment in your work. You can pray for discernment in your marriage That'd be a great thing to pray for, right? God, give me discernment and how to interact with my spouse. Help me to understand what not to say and what to say. Uh, help me to understand how to be a good husband or how to be a good wife. Uh, these are all some great things we can pray to God for. Um, so uh, please cry out to God for discernment in your life and be in this book. Listen, I want to tell you. Uh, there is all kinds of wisdom in this book. If you will spend time in the Word of God, and you'll study it and let it become a part of your thinking, uh, God will change you spiritually, but He'll also fill your mind with wisdom uh, so that you will be better equipped and more discerning in your life. Uh, And and one other thing, uh, as Christians... The Bible says God has given some in the church a gift of discernment. That means that some of us will have more discernment than others. So we need to listen to each other, right? Uh, If someone has a strong concern about somebody being in a position in our church, we don't need to blow that off. We need to bring that to God in prayer, okay? Lord, this person's concerned. Now, maybe that person is just concerned, and it may not be from God. It may not be discernment. It may just be that person that like this other person. And so we recognize that. But in some cases, if this person has a gift of discernment, they may be God's warning flag for us, trying to prevent us from going down a path that's going to cause us trouble. And so we need to at least take these things to God in prayer and say, Lord, what about this? This person has this concern. Uh, should we postpone this? Uh, should we not do this? And, and listen for the guidance of the Lord in these matters. So, all right. Um, one additional thing, uh, if you don't know Christ, of course, I think we're a Sunday night crowd. I think most of us here know Christ. But if you don't know Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit living within, and you don't have the measure of discernment you could have if you know Jesus Christ. And there are many other reasons to know Jesus Christ, um, and I'd encourage you to give your heart to him, to choose to repent of your sin and put your trust in Jesus, uh, receive his eternal life tonight and enter into relationship with him so that you can know his forgiveness. And um, And so, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, uh, for giving us so much wisdom in your word. And uh, Lord, help us as your people to be discerning help us to recognize false doctrine when false doctrine comes our way help us father to study to show ourselves approved unto god uh, and be uh, workmen that need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and father i pray that uh, you would use us to be discerning uh with our with our families and in this church and uh, in our culture, and God help us to be a source of light and uh, of hope and and uh, to lead people to Christ and and uh, perhaps point out uh, uh, things that people haven't thought about, Lord, to help them uh, avoid some of the pains and heartaches of this life, God, uh, through the discernment that you've given uh, to us. And uh, Father, let us listen to that still small voice within us. Uh, that the Holy Spirit gives uh, as he, he tells us, don't listen to that, or uh, research that, that's not right. Uh, help us listen to that, Father, and help us be careful, Lord, when you give us a warning uh, from your word or from your spirit and listen to it. And uh, God, we thank you so much for loving us enough, not only to save our souls from sin, uh, but to give us wisdom and help in life.